night is football night. Big hits. Great plays. Rolling in, Joe taking a shot and it's caught. School spirit. All of that is on display all around Northern California. It's time for the Friday Night Football Show. Presented by Top Rank Heating and Air. Here are your hosts, Matt George and Charles T. Hamilton. Yes, we're here. Friday Night Football is on the air. Thank you, Oakland A's and Detroit Tigers, for deciding to play a little bit longer. Yes, baseball baseball season is still going on, Chuck. It's wrapping up, though, because... We're switching to the fall season. The NFL season is here, but this is week three, technically week two, but week three of the Friday night football show here on Sports 1140 KHDK. My name is Matt George, joined by Charles T. Hamilton. This is Friday Night Football, the number one high school football show in Sacramento, presented by Top Rank Heating and Air Conditioning. And we had a hour and a half show planned for you because we expected to be on the air around 1030, but live sports, they happen, man. And I... Bay Area baseball ball went to extra innings, which means we have no time to lose. The Joe bullpen D- happens. God. Yeah. But we're not an A show. We'll complain about that another time. <laughs> we do plenty of that on Twitter. But Seriously. Joe Davidson from the Sacramento Bee is expected to be joining us here in the coming seconds. Then we'll have the scoreboard for you as most of the games around the Sac Joaquin section have wrapped up. A lot of finals, a lot of interesting storylines, and who better to tell us What's going on around Sacramento High School football than the Sacramento High School football guru himself, Joe Davidson from the Sacramento Bee, joining us. Joe, thank you for being patient with Ace Baseball as we were, but hey, we're on the air now and football season is in full effect. Joe, you got us okay? I, I hear you. Can you hear me okay? I got you loud and clear. Sorry about that. Wrong button on my nope. end. No problem. I'm, I'm roaring down the freeway. got to... You know, this is a new era. You know, do a, a radio interview with you guys and get home and turn on my Skype so I could do a, a segment with our good friends over at CBS 13 because uh, high school football resonates and there's a lot of storylines, as you said. And I saw a good one here at Placer, up at Placer, ushered, ushered in a brand-new field, uh, had a great game with the powerhouse team out of Santa Rosa, Cardinal Newman, lost in the final seconds. Uh, no shame losing to that team, ranked number 10 in Northern California. Uh, but you know what? The field turfs are taking over. There's only a couple, three high schools left that I know of in the whole Sac Joaquin section. Uh, and I may be wrong on this, but Colfax, Bear River, and Manteca have fields that are still grass. Uh, it's a dying breed. Joe, how do you feel about the field turf? I, my alma mater, they put in field turf the year after I graduated. I think they did it on purpose just to, uh, you know, rib me a little bit. But I'd go back and play on it, and I loved it. Are you? Do you have one way or another that you you feel about it? Like I, I know there's nothing like the actual grass, but as far as playing on it, like I, I enjoyed it. You know, it's um. I think we're all nostalgic football people. Mm-hmm. We there's a there's a, a great allure to a grass field, but um, reality and common sense is uh, you need a, a real field uh, or a field turf, and you know, using plaster as an example. Um, it's not just football. Uh, there's soccer, and girls and boys soccer at Placer would have to practice on the asphalt or a parking lot or in a gym or at another campus because the playing surface is all mud. That's no good. And Placer football almost lost a playoff game last season, 7-6 to six against River Valley of Yuba City. No footing and almost lost that game. And 
you know, a field doesn't drain well and it gets muddy and soupy. And, yeah, that might be fun to play in. It's not fun to watch. And it's a tough way to lose a playoff game. Sometimes playoff games are moved out of venues because of poor sloppy conditions. And so, you know, field turf is the way to go. Uh, you know, Intercom's got a brand-new field turf, re- replaced an old field turf, and Delaro the same thing. And, um, you know, that's a lot less in cost for maintenance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you can hose down a field turf when it's super hot, and that'll cool it down. And um, I know that public address announcers and people with binoculars appreciate field turf because now they could find a, a jersey number without all the mud muck. Yeah, I will say it is too bad that you lose out on the, the mud bowl, you know, once or twice a year. But, yeah, the, the benefits definitely outweigh that one maybe negative for a for alignment at least. I loved a good mud bowl. Uh, I wanted to ask you, Joe, about just maybe a little peek behind the scenes. You mentioned Cardinal Newman uh, playing, was it Placer tonight? And, uh, and then Del Oro yes. taking on Spanish Springs. What goes into scheduling games like these? Is it just two programs that see – similar level type programs and think would be a good matchup like how many years in advance are these these kind of planned like how does that work um usually games non-league games uh before the league season starts um are two-year contracts sometimes they're four-year contracts six-year contracts but they're usually at the minimum two years and exactly what you guys just said you're trying to get a uh, a fair equitable you know even game you don't want to take on a team that's going to beat you by 40 and you don't necessarily want to play a team that that you're going to beat by 40 um and with the the section playoffs and the the north house and the state bowl all of those games are factored in you know the head-to-head matchups and uh so placer losing a close game to a powerhouse story program like cardinal lumen is not a bad loss it's a it's a it's almost a better thing to have on your schedule than beating a, a, a nothing team by, by 50 points. Uh, but it's it's tough to get scheduling. You know, you have to make sure that the schedules line up and, um, um, you know, and sometimes it, um, you know, sometimes you have a series that, that works great and then you have bad luck. Bishop Anog of Reno was supposed to be playing at Oak Ridge tonight. It's been a good series for the last few years and there was no game because the poor Bishop Anog varsity team and the coaching staff had a team dinner last night that turned out to be a disaster um, because they all came down with food poisoning. Yikes. And they got a whole deal for staff that we can't play. Uh, so that's an odd way to forfeit a game. Um, and that's a complete loss for Oak Ridge because the game cannot be rescheduled. And you, you, know, you lose out on up to $15,000, $20,000 gate receipts. Uh, that helps the entire athletic department. So that's a um, uh, critical thing to lose in that regard. But, um, and sometimes, you know, games are scheduled years in advance, and then they become mismatches. Um, you know, Davis High School playing Cordova last week should have never happened. I think it was 63 to nothing. You know, why are those teams playing each other? I think Davis scheduled Cordova a few years ago when Davis was 0-10. And now Davis could be 10-0 mm-hmm. this regular season. So um, it's all hit and miss. Um, you know, and both sides have to agree to a schedule, but you know, they're, they're hard to schedule sometimes. Joe, I want to go back to Placer really quick because they uh, they lost, like we mentioned, to Cardinal Newman tonight on their new home field. Uh, they're now 1-2 and two on the season, although they've taken on three pretty strong and significant uh, opponents. So I'm curious where you fall on a little bit of time to panic for a, a normal Placer powerhouse, or do you give them the benefit of the doubt and maybe a little bit of brownie points that they've 
taking their preseason very seriously with the quality of opponent they've scheduled? Oh, uh, total total um, style points for taking on powerhouse teams. No red flag, no uh, waving a white flag for Placer. Um, um, you, you find out what kind of team you are when you play good teams like Whitney and Cardinal Newman. And um, so I think it's, um, you know, I think it's just fine. It's it's, it's it's toughest schedule that I've seen Placer play uh, over the years. And that's by design because Placer has played for section championships and won section championships and played NorCal games, won NorCal games and been the state finals. And, you know, so you up your, 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 your games uh, and up your opponents. Um, and, you know, and Whitney last week was a terrific game and Whitney won. And then, Speaking of scheduling, Whitney goes down to Central of Fresno, the number one team in that whole area down there in that section, and and lost that game. Um, you know, so um, um, uh, you know, but it was a competitive game. Yeah, Joe. I'm, the one downside to the show is we don't actually get to go out and watch these games. Uh, Matt and I don't. But I wanted to ask you about Hans Grassman, the the fullback for Placer. Is What's his game like? Is it just that he's so much bigger than everyone, or is he, you know, a skilled big man at you know six four two thirty two forty running the ball against uh, you know high school kids? Oh, he's a power running back. Um, he's got some some burst, but he's uh, also a terrific defensive end. But he's he's got the great name certainly, and he's oh, yeah. he's power, and he just rumbles. He had three touchdowns tonight. Um, he's he was really good last year, and he's he's being recruited. He's a next level guy. Um, because he can do those things. That's a big running back. Um, yeah. His coach, Joey Montoya, thinks he could be a, uh, a Division One college defensive end. So that tells you he's pretty darn good. And he plays every down, and um, he's good. And I just uh, he, he's really quiet, doesn't say a lot, but he, he plays loud. Got to show some love to the Oakmont Vikings. They beat Bella Vista tonight 22-6, to a 3-0 and start to this season. Joe, what can you tell us about Oakmont's program? Are they geared to make a pretty significant run this year? Yes, uh, and it all starts with the coach. Um, his name is um, Tim Moore. He's an alum of the school. Um, he graduated in 1991. Um, it means everything to, to be a coach at his old school, uh, much like um, – you know, Joey Montoya Placer, that's that's where he went to school, and it means a lot to those guys. So Tim works hard. I mean, it means, you know, the world to him, as we said, um, and it's, he's had some lean seasons, and it's not because he doesn't care. It doesn't mean he doesn't work his standing off. So uh, uh, I think they're on to something there. I think it's a, it's, a, it's a good deal. They had a nice win against Roseville, their longtime rival last week. And then I wanted to ask you about this game, uh, Granite Bay shutting out Jesuit at home in a very uh, very big game, at least heading into tonight, 24 nothing. the final score. I don't know, what is this game more of an indictment on Granite Bay as, as a potential powerhouse and, and a team on the rise, or is this more telling the story of uh, Jesuit now 0-2 being shut out? They're just off to a very tough start this season. Well, Granite Bay's been a powerhouse for years. Uh, seven section championships, I think, since the, the late 1990s. Ernie Cooper was a coach for a lot of those, and Jeff Evans has done a great job. He's won a section championship. Um, they got a new quarterback. Uh, they run the fly. And Cameron Salerno, our guy at the Sacramento Bee, has got a story uh, running on them and, and what they're all about. Uh, so, so Granite Bay's beaten Jesuit three years in a row now, and it's three years in a row where Jesuit's gone 0-2. And it becomes very predictable. And then uh, Jesuit 0-2 will go into the Holy Bowl next weekend, next Saturday at the Hughes Stadium, and will clobber Christian Brothers. That's what's been happening. Joe Folsom, of course, uh, 2-0. They beat 
Uh, Antelope tonight, another big win, 49-13. Next week, they got De La Salle again. Is there any reason to believe that this team is better equipped to take on De La Salle than, say, last year's team? Or is it just when you get to this high level of, of football that it's kind of a toss-up? Well, it's going to – I mean, it's – De La Salle has not lost to a Northern California team since 1991. That's a 300-game unbeaten streak against Northern California teams north of Fresno. 3-0 and against – Folsom this decade, three and zero against Jesuit or um, against Del Oro uh, just this decade, four and zero against St. Mary's. So, so last year was fourteen nothing De La Salle, and I think it's going to be a terrific game. But it, you got to favor, um, you know, um, De La Salle until somebody knocks them off in Northern California. Mm-hmm. That's simple. It just seems so weird to pick against Folsom, but De La Salle is, is that much of a powerhouse. Uh, I saw you tweet something out about this game a little bit earlier tonight. I wanted to get you to elaborate on it a little bit more. The The Whitney uh, Wildcats have been one of the best stories of the year so far in this very young season. However, their uh, undefeated streak, early undefeated streak, came to an end tonight as they lost at home to Central 45-16. to And you tweeted out that Central had a great year last year. I believe you said only one loss and 16 returning starters. So this doesn't seem like a tough loss pill to swallow for the Whitney Wildcats tonight. No, and it's not a bad loss at all. Central's uh, loaded, beat Grant last week, uh, and, and just a terrific showing in the first half for Whitney. Uh, so no no shame at all there. And then I wanted to ask you, too, I'm, I'm trying to find a final score on it, but I haven't been able to find it both on Max Preps uh, and on social media, so I was wondering if you tweeted out and maybe I missed it. Our game of the night tonight, KHDK game of the night, uh, was Vista Del Lago at Casa Roble. Do you have a final score for that? I, I do not. I've not seen that. Um, I will, uh, I'll see what I could find uh, right here on. Oh, wait a minute. I do have something here. Um, this is how it works now these days. Of uh, Vista, Vista wins 35-34. Castle Robley went for the win and, and uh, went for two in the win. We got the stop and recovered the onside kick. This is from Mike Scrubing, the Vista Del Lago coach. Ooh, wow. Well, great finish to that game. Certainly worthy uh, of our game of the week this week. And next week, we already have our pull-up right now. I want to spit these four games at you and just see which one uh, you would root for. Maybe if you could give us a brief preview of, of any of the four or all four uh, if they uh, they catch your ear. Of course, we have De La Salle versus Folsom, which we've already talked about. The other three games are Rio Americano versus Rockland, who the Thunder actually lost tonight. Lincoln, who won tonight versus Whitney. And then Pioneer versus Dave. And like you said, the Davis uh, Blue Devils could be going ten and zero. Which of those four games would you choose as the game of the week? And, and any of those really catch your eye? Well, if Davis goes ten and zero. It'd have to get through Elk Grove, Franklin, Pleasant Grove, Jesuit, and that's a tall order. But I'm just saying that they, they, they've got the power to do that, right? Um, and, and I think it's Davis' best team in 25 years. But um, uh, Rockland is very impressive. Losing the DeMonte Ranch of Reno is no slouch. Jason Adams, a terrific coach, longtime defensive coordinator. I, I would I would think Rockland is, is, is probably too strong for Rio. Rio lost 28 nothing to Roseville tonight. Um, De La Salle, we just talked about, just terrific program. Um, um, you know, all that stuff. So um, I would um, – um, I can't remember the other game. The, the final game was uh, Lincoln versus Whitney, but I hear that jingle in the background. That means that CBS 13 is, is getting you on the horn, so we appreciate you taking the time. Uh, we'll get you out of here so you can get to that interview on time. Joe, thank you so much for uh, once again being uh, pulling an audible with us tonight thanks to A's Baseball. Uh, we appreciate you being so versatile and what you do covering uh, high school football. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next week. 
Appreciate have it. a good one. That is Joe Davidson of the Sacramento Bee. We will take a break. When we come back, we have a full scoreboard for you. And once again, we will share with you uh, the Cage Decay Game of the Week poll for next week. That is up right now. That's coming up next right here on Sports 1140 Cage Decay. Welcome to... Y'all played a great football game tonight. A real good football game. Yeah. Now, back to more of the Friday Night Football Show. Here's Matt George and Charles T. Hamilton. An abbreviated version of Friday Night Football tonight presented by Top Rank Heating and Air Conditioning. Matt George, Charles T. Hamilton. Big thanks to Joe Davidson from the Sacramento Bee giving us the rundown of what's been going on. As a legend. We didn't hit everything. As good as Joe is, he can't be on top of everything. He's like 99%. But we're here to give you that one. He did one. give us the Vista Del Lago score. Though. That's true. That we're still missing, by the way. We're still looking for the uh, – I mean, he gave it to us. I think he said 34, uh, 35, 35 34. 34, yeah. What a game. And that was our KHDK game of the week. nice when week. it works out that way. It, it, it's fantastic. And KHDK, our entire street team was out there at that game. Uh, and you can head to cagedecay.com very, very shortly. They're going to be posting a gallery of photos uh, from that game. The student section going crazy. Just the, the the field, the stadium as a whole. It's one of my favorite things that our street team does every single year. And they've told me that they really look forward to it because they get to go and just hang out in a high school football atmosphere on a Friday night. Uh, there's not too many better things to do on a Friday night, at least around uh, this area. But before we wrap uh, things up and and head into the full conversation uh, about this uh, game of the week poll for next week. Also, Cameron Salerno uh, from the Sacramento Bee is going to be joining us later on. He was at the Granite Bay Jesuit game, and he'll be telling us the full story of that game. We have to get to tonight's scoreboard, uh, so let's fire up that music bed in the other room, and we'll dive right into it. And we'll begin with Vacaville Christian with a big win at Marina. 46 to 20, the final score in that one. East Union able to beat Bear Creek. Mrs. Matt George, very happy about that one. 41 to nothing. East Union gets a win. Ignacio Valley beats Brookside Christian at home 20 to 5. Maxwell gets the W over Delta 42 to 6. Downey and Merced. Hey, this is a good football yeah, score was. to me. 34 to 27, the final. Downey getting the win on the road. Union Mind taking on WSCA. Union Mind gets the 40 point win, 40 to zilch. Legrand on the road beating Big Valley Christian. Been a good night for the road teams, 41 28. Houston taking on Agonot. This was a good one. Houston gets the win, 39 to 35. Rippin Christian hosted Somerville, and they win 36 to 13. Vista Murrieta goes into Capital Christian and gets the W24-6. to Not a close game here. Ponderosa makes a statement at home, beating El Dorado 50-7. Here it is. Vista Del Lago taking on Casa Robo. Vista Del Lago gets the win in our game of the week, 35-34. to Bear River shut out Pershing County at home, 56 to nothing. Wood taking on Deer Valley. Wood gets the W, 42-24. Golden Sierra with a big win at home as well. They beat Oristimba, 48-7. Central takes on Whitney and gets the big win against what is still my favorite story of the year. Central gets the win, 45-16. Buhawk Colony beats Edison. Another good football score here, 35-27. Florin versus Highlands. These teams combined to score 74 points. Because Highland got the win 74 to nothing. Another shutout for you. This time the home team was on the right end of it. Rio Linda beat Cordova 54 nothing. Davis goes into El Capitan and gets the W 43 to 8. 
Demonte Ranch with a big win over the Rockland Thunder at home, 27-23. Galt versus Linden, another good one here. Not as tight as some of the others, but it's still a close one. Galt gets the W, 49-35. Escalon at home beats Sonora, 35-13. Roseville shuts down Rio Americano, 28-0. Gregory at home over Bayer, low-scoring defensive battle, 19-8 the final for Gregory. McNair welcomes Enox and also sends him home with an L. McNair gets the win, 28-7. It's weird to see Placer... One and two on the season, but that's what they are after losing to Cardinal Newman tonight, 30-27 on their brand-new all-turf field. Those turf fields are so sweet, man. Rio Vista gets the win against Natomas, 34-14. Oakmont, the Vikings are 3-0 after beating Bella Vista, 22-6. Hillmar goes into Gustin and gets the win, 42-0. Kimball beat West, 35-7. Oak Ridge got the win against... uh, A weird win. Yeah. Bishop, what is it, Bishop? Bishop uh, Minot. Bishop Minot, because of food poisoning. Perfect time for the music to drop Yeah, out. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that could not have been. That yeah, worked that, out pretty well. That's, we got to talk about that a little bit. It's wild. That's, it's wild. That's strange, and that's really unfortunate. I can imagine, like, a coach and a player standpoint, especially play. I mean, you only get so many games per year, and granted, it was a road game, so it's not at home, so it doesn't mm-hmm. sting that bad. But because of food poisoning, like how much of the team has to go down before you say, you know what, we literally cannot go The out one there. I worry about, so when I was in high school, we would have like barbecues Friday night that someone's parents would, would provide the food. Yeah. You know, we'd have a team dinner, someone's parents would provide the food. Who's If that's how it is and someone's parents provided the food for, for their team dinner and everyone got food poisoning, man, that's Oof. that's rough. That's rough on that kid and those parents, man. Yeah. And the, you know that kid's getting the worst of it, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that kid comes out unscathed somehow. Like they're yeah, yeah, he's fine. He didn't eat any of it. The or mom's something. classic dish, and <laughs> yeah. just, their body's used to it. That's an that's just an incredible way. And I, I mean, I, I sound happy. I feel bad. It's for, I mean, it's like something you'd see in a movie. It yeah. does. I mean, real life that stinks for the guys with Bishop Nug, but in a movie, like it's kind of funny. <laughs> I never understood food poisoning until I got it for the first time oh, about man. two months ago. No, thank you. Imagine playing football, let yeah. alone just moving. Yeah. Like, it's just, you're lying, you're either lying in bed or, or you're in the bathroom. I got to give a couple time. of updates here. Uh, one, I, I got to make sure I do this because, you know, we joke about Tamil Pius High School, my alma mater. They're 2-0 and right now, okay? And they're taking on our bi- Archbishop Reardon tomorrow. So, shout out Tam High. Okay. Red-tailed Hawks. T-High, you know. What? Wh- this is going to sound bad. Yeah, hit me with it. Your when you played, what was your highest win total in a season? There? Two. <laughs> so we went two and eight. Looks like they're going to top you. Well, uh, no, I mean, my freshman year we had I, we went like five and four. But you were on the freshman. Yeah, team, exactly, right? exactly. So. Varsity. Yeah, we went we went two and eighteen over two years. Man, we we, we got after it. <laughs> All right, those two wins though were they parties. Were, they were, oh my god! Any of them man. homecoming games? No, you know what? Sadly, we picked. Because it was, you know, deciding which game is homecoming, and we picked the game the week after one of our wins. Yeah. Uh, but the team we beat, like, it was a great win because they were in the the championship game the year before. Mm-hmm. But we figured that'd be the better team, so then we thought we picked the worst team. And, and we're getting around homecoming time, yeah. too. So, oh, yeah. well, I mean, I only experienced homecoming from a, a student standpoint. Always fun, packed. The community comes as well as uh, the, the students themselves. At, at Wood Creek High School, mm-hmm. which is where I went, they did like a float parade. Of course, homecoming king and queen and all that jazz. 
what was it like from a player standpoint knowing, okay, we're playing at homecoming. It's basically our biggest home game of the year, barring any kind of playoffs or anything like that. W- was there an extra energy and, and fun to it? Uh, you know, somewhat because you had the pep rally and some of the, the little events and stuff, you know, but it wasn't it wasn't anything too crazy. Like we had rivalry games that we looked more forward to than yep. than homecoming games. It's fun, but it it, it wasn't anything too extra more for the fans than for the players yeah exactly yeah, but shout out tam high man those are my guys good for them two and oh going for three and oh tomorrow you said yeah yeah we don't have lights at our field so they're, play they're on playing, saturdays they're archbishop reardon and that's a rival no it's not it's oh. still they're still playing their out of conference uh schedule so you know i'm awesome. maybe playing some teams that might not be might not stack up so well against them but hey we'll take it uh, another one i want to throw out there on a much more serious note uh, that I uh, we're going to continue to follow throughout the entire season. And they want it to be about football, so we're going to make it about football. Paradise High got the win against Gridley 28-6. to Paradise is now 3-0 and on the season. So we're going to continue to follow them all year. But I just wanted to make sure to get that one out there as well. Yeah, and I'm glad you touched on that too because we had this conversation with Michelle Dapper from KCRA, and, and she was at the game last week. It was a road game. Uh, and... It's it's very difficult to separate them from the tragedy and from that narrative, and that's something that they've embraced, although they have openly said they don't want it to define them, which I absolutely respect. But we're getting into that that portion now of the season, or getting a 3-0 and start to the season. You start looking mm-hmm. at that and going, I, I get what they're playing for, but now we got to just start talking about them as a, a, a football team. powerhouse because yeah. they're yeah. a good team. Yeah, no question. Yeah, great start for them, 3-0. and Like I said, beating Gridley tonight, 28-6. to uh, look, as, obviously, as good of a start as you can hope for. You can't start any better than 3-0. and yeah. So, uh, shout out those guys out at Paradise. I just wanted to make sure to get that one in there. Uh, we'll be following them all year. I know they're a little outside of our our jurisdiction, but uh, you know what? Come and arrest me. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we are all a California, if not a American family, with the tragedy that went uh, down over there. So, it's good to see a happy story uh, coming out of that community. And I know that community is very proud of that football team, as well as the rest of the athletic teams uh, that play for Paradise High School. And I know I've mentioned this before, uh, but it's worth mentioning again. Uh, During the Sacramento Kings season last year, there were a number of games where uh, the Kings had certain teams, whether it was the basketball teams or just the athletic department as a whole or just students, teachers uh, from Paradise, and they always got a massive ovation inside the Golden 1 Center. They treated them like kings. Uh, they also got the opportunity to, the, the uh, Paradise football team last year got to go to a, a San Francisco 49ers game uh, and and meet a lot of 49ers players, coaches, things like that. It's just it's really cool to see the sports community rallying, rallying around that, and now we're transferring away mm-hmm. from that to where this football team is rallying yeah, around football themselves. is 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 about football now. yeah yeah and that's what they want it to be about and that's what we're going to make it about so great start for paradise great win for them 28 to 6 before we take the break gotta let you know right now khdk.com the poll for next week sports 1140 khdk game of the week is up and here are the four games for you to vote on and guess what you can vote an unlimited amount of times we had a ton of you uh vote for this one and casa roble who I think they won twice last year. They (laughs) won our first one this year, which is no surprise, but they just barely edged out uh, Indercom. Uh, Indercom was, uh, I can't remember who they were battling, but just barely uh, edged out Indercom to to host the game of the week. But for next week, here are the uh, four games for you. De La Salle versus Folsom, which we already know is a massive, massive game. The Bulldogs are hosting that this time. Last year, they were at De La Salle. 
Rio Americano versus Rockland, the Thunder, coming off of a loss on the road. Lincoln versus Whitney, the Fighting Zebras and Whitney Wildcats, are somewhat regional rivals, only about 10 minutes away from each other. And then Pioneer versus Davis, the Blue Devils, like Joe Davidson was saying, a potential powerhouse school this year set up to maybe make a 10-0 and run. So those are the four games you can go to KHDK.com right now and vote on as many times as you want, which means teachers, if you're listening, get all your students in class to vote numerous times. Football players, coaches, parents, Go send as many people as you can pound uh, the the vote button on whatever school that you want. Or if, even if you're just want to balance out the vote, no matter what you want to do, uh, you can vote uh, a unlimited amount of times there. Uh, and whatever school that wins our KHDK street team goes out and is at the event, takes pictures, has giveaways. There's a KHDK tent out there. Uh, and then we uh, spend a little extra time here on Friday Night Football discussing it. So go to KHDK.com right now. That Game of the Week pool, uh, poll is up, uh, and you can vote right then and there. We will take the break. Coming up next, another Sacramento Bee guy joining us is Cameron Salerno. He was at Jesuit Granite Bay. He joins us next on KHDK. Now, back to more of the Friday Night Football Show. Hot, hot, hot. Presented by Top Rank Heating and Air. Here's Matt George and Charles T. Hamilton. Final segment of an abbreviated Friday Night Football tonight. The Oakland A's and Detroit Tigers decided to play a little extra baseball this evening. But that's okay. Baseball season wrapping up here shortly as football season is getting into uh, full swing. And, hey, one thing's for sure, Chuck. We, uh, we've had much better high school football games than we had that opening oh NFL God. game between the Bears and the Packers. I was so excited. It's the start of the NFL season, man, and they just come out and give us that dud. Like, I'm still kind of excited for Sunday. I'm sure we'll get some better football, but that being the opening night showcase was a real bummer, man. Like, it was, it was just bad. Yeah. It's just bad. It's a nice change of pace to be able to cover high school football compared to professional football. And not too many people would say that, but because we can actually focus on the football itself. Yeah. You and I, Raiders fans, cover the Raiders. This is a major Raiders station. So we've been absolutely exhausted over the last 72 hours with Whew. Antonio Brown's saga. It's been fun, though. <laughs> it's, it's been a wild few days, and we have any, only one Game has been played yeah. in the football season. I'm starting feels to think like- we're the suckers. I'm starting to think he's just playing all of us. He might be. Yeah. He might be. But Cameron Salerno is going to be joining us very, very shortly here from the Sacramento Bee. He was at this Granite Bay Jesuit game. Granite Bay shutting Jesuit out. And the Jesuit Marauders are typically one of those teams that uh, you expect to be towards the the top in terms of overall records and, and rankings and things like that. Now, they did get off to an 0-1 start. Last season as well, because they took on Folsom uh, to open up the season, same as they did uh, this year. But losing to Granite Bay, and that's no disrespect to Granite Bay. I remember them as one of my chief rivals of Wood Creek High School when I uh, I attended there. Granite Bay has always been uh, a great football school, but I expected more of a fight from Jesuit than being shut out. A little bit surprising yeah. with that result. Yeah, it's a tough one. I'm interested to hear how, how the game went. It was only 7 nothing at half. Uh, Granite Bay up, and then they were able to drop 14 in the third. So I wonder what went wrong for Jesuit in the third, or maybe what went right for Granite Bay. There's certain, I mean, in order to shut someone out, things obviously have to click uh, on the defensive end. But it, it, I wonder, Jesuit-wise, if they're, like, 
the elements of the story or the elements of the game, like did a were there injuries or significant yeah. uh, significant plays that just took away from moments that they had to score? Were there red zone interceptions or things like that? Uh, and hopefully the guy who can fill us in on all of that information will be joining us right now is Cameron Salerno from the Sacramento Bee joins us. Cameron, good to have you on again, my friend. Uh, welcome in. You were at this Granite Bay Jesuit game, 24 uh, the final score. First question that I have for you, uh, was it as really as one-sided as it sounded? Was Jesuit just completely overmatched in this game? Uh, Granite Bay's defense played phenomenal. They really uh, limited Jesuit attack and Granite Bay's offense capitalized. So I saw in the it went to halftime with Granite Bay up seven nothing and then uh Granite Bay was able to put up fourteen in the third to kind of wrap the thing up and then another seven in the fourth. What happened in the third? Was it just good football by Granite Bay? Was you know, you you just mentioned their defense. Was it just more of that? Did Jesuit make any mistakes along the way? Uh how'd that third quarter go? Uh, Granite Bay came out of the locker room, and they were aggressive. They came out, had a nice little drive, capped off by Dylan Hamilton and Kobe Weeks touchdown. And a note on Kobe Weeks, he's an athlete, six foot three, 210 pounds, can go up and get the ball at the wide receiver position, and also plays DN2. Jesuit, though, was there a handful of scoring opportunities for them? Did they ever see chances in the red zone and then had a costly turnover or two, or was it just simply a lot of three and outs and, and punts and things like that? Lots of three and outs. I think they only got in the red zone once, and it was towards the end of the game when there was about two minutes left in the game. And what was, was Jesuit pretty well balanced between attacking through the air and, and running on the ground, or did they try and just do one thing consistently and Granite Bay just had a, a complete answer for it? Uh, they really ran the ball a ton, and that's what you get with the Veer offense. Uh, Two-back formation. Ace Saka ran for over 100 yards, so he had a really good game. And also their sophomore running back had um, a pretty good game out of the backfield. You mentioned Kobe Weeks playing D-end and the, the Granite Bay defense. What was, at least in this game or maybe overall, the strength of that defense? Is it the D-line and their ability to get after the quarterback? Or, uh, you know, is it their secondary? What What is the strength of that Granite Bay D? Their secondary is phenomenal. It's probably one of the best in the entire section. You have guys who can cover. Uh, Ty Peterson had an interception tonight. Chris Perry on the other uh, defensive back spot can just, make plays. He actually led the state in interceptions coming to the game with three. He was tied. Um, he's a phenomenal player, kickoff return guy, fly back, can really do it all. It's very, very early in the season, 0-2 start. They've they've taken on two very difficult opponents in Folsom uh, and now Granite Bay. Any time to panic at all for Jesuit? You think they're okay going forward or, or do you see pretty significant holes in their offense that's leading to this shutout? Uh, that they definitely need to address or they'll be in some big trouble? Big Red will be fine. They started off 0-2 the last two years, and they kind of have this motto where, not really a motto, but they go 0-2 to start the season. They've lost to Granite Bay and Folsom the last two years. Then they just rattle off a bunch of wins in league, and they they get it going with the Holy Bowl next week, and they have been dominant in that series. 
And we've asked your colleague this, uh, Joe Davidson, Cameron, but I'm curious your thoughts on the entire situation. Where do you fall on the uh, teams maybe taking their bumps early, starting with a losing record, but scheduling difficult opponents for their preseason? That gets them more prepared and uh, in shape and in form for league play. Are you a fan of that, or would you rather, if if you were the coach of a team or or you were scheduling, uh, would you rather schedule your team maybe some easier or even opponents to, to get off for the winning record. As cliche as it sounds, it's not how you start, but how you finish. <laughs> Desert always uh, finishes really strong. They always make a deep playoff run. And last year they got disqualified. And if I think they would have played Delaware, that would have been one of the best games of the entire postseason. But I think they'll be just fine. They'll have good opportunities to play Christian Brothers and also Rio Americano who took a big loss tonight to Roseville. Yeah, you're right. Jesuit Del Oro would have been great to see. It's too bad how it how it played out. I, I know we've, we've mentioned, we've talked about it earlier too, you know, how Jesuit has started 0-2 before and then really starts rolling. It, it might be tough to tell, but could you, how how did the team react to another 0-2 start? Did they seem fine? Did they have their head down at all? Like, was it, I know it's hard to tell because, you know, you're not in the locker room or anything, but could you, could you get, catch a vibe from them at all? Jesuits really business-like. They're not going to show if they're down or if they're up. They're really professional in what they do. So even if they do have that 0-2 starter, 2-0, I don't think you would be able to tell that much. Mm-hmm. Would you give them the edge against Christian Brothers? I know they have the Holy Bowl next weekend. Uh, would you say Jesuit does have that edge going into that game, or are they a little cause for concern? I will be at that game, actually, and I think Jesuit's going to beat Christian Brothers pretty handedly. Uh, has a really good quarterback and Jacob Stewart, 6'5", throw the ball over the place. So we'll see how Christian Brothers does next week. It's going to be interesting. And Cameron, uh, for those of us who didn't make it out to the game, who were to look at this final score and, and wouldn't necessarily appreciate an element or two from the game, was there something that really caught your eye? Maybe a, a offensive line play, defensive line play, one of the unsung, out-of-the-spotlight heroes of this game that you want to uh, pay attention to and shed some light on? Uh, I mentioned it before, Christian Perry, he's a first-year varsity player, really good. He, Like I said, he had three interceptions coming to this game, had also two touchdowns with a flyback. But I think I would highlight their secondary because they're they're going to be really good this season. In SFL, as you know, there's a lot of good quarterback and wide receiver play, so you need a good defense to tame it. And their defensive backs are made up of Bo uh, Hammond, uh, Ty Peterson and also Christian Perry, like I said before. And Cameron, before we wrap up, I, I've seen you've been tweeting about it a lot over the past couple of weeks, but especially tonight, it looked like even though Jesuit was held scoreless, they had a really good uh, student section out there. Of course, Granite Bay student section, very loud and proud as well. Uh, can you discuss uh, or share with us a little bit, take us there and explain what that atmosphere was like with those two student sections and if you were to give an edge to one over the other? Uh, that'd be tough because both of them look really good tonight. I, I really appreciate I don't know if you saw my picture on Twitter, but Jesuits, uh, baseball players, uh, all dressed up, went yeah. shirtless. And they had the Jesuit uh, spelled out. So that was really cool. You don't really see that that often. But Granite Bay, I think I have to give them the advantage because they did have a bigger crowd tonight. But Jesuit was just as strong. I think next week they're going to be uh, have a huge crowd at Holy Bowl. It, it's probably the biggest crowd 
any high school team will ever have. Excellent. Well, we look forward to uh, hopefully we'll be scheduling you to have you back on next week, Cameron, so we can hear all about that game. Great work uh, tonight. You can catch and check out all of Cameron's work, whether it's on social media or, of course, on the uh, Sacramento Bee. Cameron does a fantastic job, not just covering high school football, but all of high school athletics. Actually, let me sneak this in really quick, Cameron. There have been some really good volleyball games uh, going on right now. If we can uh, touch on that really quickly, anything you have to to share about that this week? Yeah, I went to Holy Court, which was Jesuit St. Francis. That was a phenomenal game. Both are really well coached, lots of pride, great student sections by both teams. So that was really impressive. And I have a deep appreciation for volleyball. Um, I played in high school. My girlfriend's a Division One volleyball athlete. So it's pretty uh, near and dear to my heart to cover volleyball. Awesome. Well, that is Cameron Salerno doing a fantastic job covering uh, all of high school sports for the Sacramento Bee. Cameron, we'll uh, talk to you very, very soon. Appreciate you taking the time. Thanks, Matt, for having me on. Anytime. Cameron Salerno of the Sacramento Bee. Do not waste him, Joe Davidson, and that entire newspaper staff as a resource uh, for high Definitely. school athletics in this area. Before we wrap up, Chuck, what's up? Well, there's a couple things I want to get to. First off, I love what he said about Jesuit and just how they're very business-oriented, uh, even after going 0-2. It's just all business with them. I love that. And I got to throw out here, too, Del Oro got the win tonight yes. against uh, Spanish Springs up in Nevada, 33-28. to it was one hell of a game. They were down 14 nothing early, able to tie it up at 14 going into the half. Uh, Spanish Springs scores. Del Oro kickoff return for a touchdown, ties it up at 21. Spanish Springs scores. Del Oro ties it up at 28, and then they were able to uh, – actually, they missed the extra point uh, after uh, one of the touchdowns, and then they got a touchdown late to go up 33-28. So I just got to give them a big shout-out. You know we're all big fans of Del Oro and uh, Coach Jeff Walters and what they do up there and the fact that they travel up to Nevada, you know, two and a half hours, however far away it is. I think it's two, two and a half hours away for them to get up there, play the game, come back down 14 nothing, yeah. and then come back three different times, honestly. Uh, huge win for Del Oro and uh, – yeah, I just had to make sure I mentioned that. We, we we didn't get them on the scoreboard yet, and that was one of the best games of the night. And Coach Walters joined us last week, and they almost completed a comeback of their own last week, but just fell short uh, in that one. So good to see them actually get over that hump uh, that they just couldn't get over uh, last week. So good for them. Uh, a couple other games that we haven't mentioned yet that we want to get before we wrap up here. Endercom beat Sacramento at home 59-12. to Lincoln shut out Atwater at home 43 to nothing. Uh, also had a good finish between Centennial and Golden Valley 35 to 21. Couple other finals here before we wrap up. Uh, also Vacaville beat Burbank on the road 41 nothing Oakdale uh, and Aptos with a very close, very intense game Oakdale squeaking out the victory on the road 21 to 19. Uh, Portola beat Forest Hill on the road 26 to 21. Uh, and then I've been trying to put this game off, but I, I have to get to it. Unfortunately for uh, my Wood Creek Timberwolves at home, they just uh, fell a little bit short tonight against El Camino 34 to 30. So almost Adam. We can't win them all. One almost and two. We'll be back. We'll be yeah, just fine. No, no, that's. Timberwolves got them exactly where they want them, Wood Creek does. Yeah. Absolutely. No, Once no, we no. get to Lake Play, that's where they really, really shine. I mean, there's only one person's alma mater that's 2 0. That's yeah, me. Brag. Brag yeah, about it. You know, got Archbishop right. reared in tomorrow, so, you know. Well, that that will do it for another episode here 
of the Friday Night Football Show, abbreviated version. We appreciate all of you tuning in tonight. We will be back next week for a full show. Eric Cavalier, who's the head coach of the Oak Ridge Trojans, who won by forfeit tonight, he's expected to join us maybe even in studio as it's their bye week. So stay tuned for that. Until next time, have a good weekend. We'll talk to you next week here. This has been the Friday Night Football Show on Sports 1140 KHDK. See ya.